Hey, this is Kyle Turner, the lead pastor of Hillsong, Kansas City. Welcome to our podcast. We hope that it inspires you, encourages you, and most importantly, helps you get closer to Jesus. Enjoy the message. Let's welcome those linking in right now on the plaza. How's our church family doing there? Come on, let's give them some love. How about those at Lansing Correctional Facility as we've been linking live with them? It's great to have everybody together. You can grab your seats. Uh, we had a wiffle ball tournament for for a men's event yesterday, and man, I am feeling old. It's wiffle ball. It's like the easiest ball you could play, and yet I'm still tired. Hamstrings are a little bit tight up in here. Now, my team lost in the championship game, uh, but I didn't play in the championship game. I had to get my son home, uh, so I'm still undefeated. That's the way I'm believing and declaring still have not been defeated. Anyways... We've been in a series uh, called It Is Well. Uh, We've recognized, and man, really, honestly, the Holy Spirit impressed it on my heart that we needed to do an intensive, deep dive into the deep places of our heart and our soul. How many know it is not easy getting real, and it has been real, 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 dealing with the real issues and the fractures that could be existing in our inside world. There's a lot of depleted souls. A lot of people have been living in fear. A lot of brokenness in relationships and just damage and baggage that we brought along on the journey up to this point. And I know it's difficult sometimes as we dive into deep matters of the heart and soul. I do believe this message today is very encouraging, uh, but it is very much focused on how to deal with the dry spaces and places of your life. God actually leads you into the desert. He walks you through the wilderness, not to deplete you, but to strip off some of the excess, some of the junk, some of the garbage, so that he can bring real soul satisfaction and actually strengthen you for the significance of your calling. You might feel like you're in a dry season or a delayed season. It's actually a destiny-producing season when you find him in the desert and when you encounter him in the wilderness. Many of us, this series really has been hitting home because we are so good at faking it and putting on a front. Maybe we're so focused on forward that we're not dealing with the status of our soul in the here and now or just the struggles that we carried up to this point. I think God uses seasons of struggle to strengthen you if you do not quit, if you stay the course. So if you feel dry, or in despair, if you feel depleted in this place, God is actually desiring to lead you and meet with you to a new place of joy, of lasting peace. You want him just to change a problem. More often than not, he changes us through the problems. He restores us even to the joy of our salvation. I believe some of you today that are listening and watching and in the room are gonna return to the joy of your salvation. You might not like what you're walking through, but you're gonna love the one you're walking with. Return back to your first love and do a lasting work in you. I want to speak today from the title, The Desert is Not Your Destination. I might be here, but I'm not staying here. God, I'm going to meet with you here so you can heal me and restore me. God, I believe this struggle I'm in is just a season, and yet the season is significant. Some things only happen when we allow God to walk us through the wilderness. Destinies are formed sometimes in the driest places 
of our life. Can we pray? Come on, Plaza Online, those in the room, can we pray? And let's really open up our heart. Not for me to kind of mesmerize you with some sort of word from heaven, but for you to get your own word from heaven as God speaks to your heart like only he can. It's amazing to me sometimes that people can be sitting in the very same row, hearing the very same message, and have totally different responses. One, the person that gets what God wants to say is the person that's leaning in. So I encourage you, let's have a spirit of leadership to lean in so God can lead us to great places. Amen? Come on, let's pray. Lord, we love you. We need you. We invite your Holy Spirit here to do what only he can do. He can lift burdens. He can heal hearts. He can restore joy. He can bring peace even in the midst of storms. We will admit the places of our life. Lord, even just to you in a moment of intimacy where we're feeling frustrated or depleted, but we also will believe and declare you will meet with us and restore us, not just to back to health, but to healthiest we've ever been in our heart and our soul. I thank you. You are healing minds, renewing minds and rejuvenating our inner joy as we lean into your presence. We believe this because you're such a good God and you've brought us this far not to leave us, but to lead us forward into our future. In the mighty name of Jesus, can I get a big old amen in church? Amen and amen. A desert place is actually a destiny place. God allows us to go through dark nights of the soul, through seasons of struggle, even through abandonment with some other relationships so that we can find him in a fresh and new way. It actually will build our faith when we learn to keep leaning in even when we feel like we're running on empty. Growing up, my family, we always took a trip uh, from Oklahoma to California every summer. We were like doing our own little Grapes of Wrath journey. And I remember it as a kid because I hated the drive. I'm low-key ADD, and so like being in the car for long periods of time, it was frustrating for me, but we always drove, and to get to the promised land, we had to go through the desert. Now, we always spent the night at Flagstaff, Arizona, beautiful scenic Flagstaff, Arizona, and we always would stop the last stop of civilization before we crossed into the Mojave Desert, just south of Death Valley was a little city called Needles, California. And it's a fitting name because the needles should be the name of that place because there's nothing great that happens there. And I remember we would always get like water and drinks and be on our way. And I just knew at that moment my soul was going to be depleted for the next several hours. Because kids these days don't understand. They got the iPad. We had no iPad. We had a pad of paper. They've got the switch. I didn't even have a Game Boy back then. I had to switch on a book. That's all I had. And knowing my family growing up, it was going to be the Bible or some sort of Bible boring book. Um, that was just what we had. And I remember the desert was so boring because there's just nothing to see. It's a desolate place. And yet we had to go through it if we were going to get to our destination. In the same way, God sometimes takes us through dry seasons. Of course, many of them we cause on our own, but God allows them and also will lead us through them so that he can take us to end destinations. We would never get to where we wanted to go if we quit in our journey, even through the wilderness. What is a desert? A desert is not just a sandy place. It's a desolate place. In fact, the largest deserts in the world are the Antarctic and the Arctic because it's just a place where there isn't any rain or there's barrenness. In the place of our life, it, your desert might look like someone else's. It might look different than the person next to you. But all of us probably have a place in our heart and our soul or in a relationship 
that is barren. It's without water. It's without growth. It's without life. The desert of the soul that we might be facing is when we're coming up against a dire situation. We don't know how to get through it. When we're in a dilemma situation or we have complete unfulfillment where we used to have fruitfulness. It feels like our fruit is dying on the vine. When the world seems against you, and maybe even this, if we're telling the truth in church, we're wondering, where is God at in this issue in my life? A desert place is a place without expectation. It's a place without a lot of inspiration. There's just not a lot of good things to look at or even to celebrate. It is a season of struggle, and God allows seasons of struggle, but it is not the final destination in your life. There are lessons you can learn in your walk through the wilderness that will bring you closer to God and even farther than the future that you desired for yourself. Because God often, Old Testament and New, did greater things in the desert than he did in the places of bounty or harvest or blessing. He actually renames people in the desert. He gives people new identity in the wilderness. He leads people to greater places of destiny, even in the dry places. So just maybe your desert is a blessing disguised as a curse. What you are so frustrated about might have more to do with forming your God-given future and destiny than you would know. So we can look at struggle seasons and we can call it as it is. No one gets better by faking it till you make it. Of course, we want to be optimistic, but we're optimistic about how good God is, not just how great everything is going. In fact, this is why so many of us might have been struggling in this season because we can no longer put on a front for all the fears or the fires that we might be walking through in our life. You faking it doesn't make you stronger, but you realizing, okay, this is a dry season. This is a wilderness place I'm journeying through. Okay, God, I'm going to need you in this place. Being real is the first thing you need to understand, being authentic about what you're actually walking through. Because for many of us, the fractures in our heart and our soul have been there for a while, and they've been widening in this season. But God takes us to dry places. I believe he takes us there so he can bring a greater rain, a lasting joy, a greater promise of his peace and his presence. We find him in a new way in the wilderness. I think God does some of his greatest work in the wilderness. God often met with people, even revealed himself to people for the very first time in desert or desolate places, whether it was Abraham or Jacob. Moses or Elijah, David, even our Savior Jesus had a journey through the wilderness. See, most of the Psalms were written in the wilderness. Most of the epistles in the Word of God, the letters in the New Testament, were written from a prison cell. God can do great works even in dire situations or dry seasons. And God did not bring you here to leave you here, but to lead you to new places of promise. The desert is not your destination, but it is a place of unbelievable destiny forming God encounters when we can get real with him. There's a couple reasons why we have deserts in our soul our soul deserts. Just the heat in life gets turned up, the pressure, the problems, and you can't see the pathway forward, whether it's a financial struggle or a relational pain or a career that no longer brings fulfillment. 
It could be a tumultuous season in your life, and that which used to fulfill doesn't anymore. It's when the heat goes up. Or it could also be a time when your heart grows cold. Every believer who's been saved for more than a year knows what I'm talking about, that where you once had a passion for God's purposes, but you haven't quite seen the promises come to pass, it is really easy to look around at all of the situation and forget your Savior in that moment, and your heart that was once alive and inflamed for God and His faithfulness has now just become an ember or has gone out. That's being burnt out spiritually And every one of us walks through a season like that, even sometimes being angry with God because it doesn't seem like he was going, has done what he thought he would do or definitely not on the timeline you thought that he would accomplish his purpose. I think we have soul deserts when we give out more than we take in. We're always called to live sacrificially. We're always called to serve other people. But some of us are living up to other people's expectations of performance and trying to be everything for everyone but you are not God for them. And if you don't bring in good and you try to be God for everyone else, you're going to find yourself in a season where your garden has turned to a desert. We have too many commitments, too many expectations, too many demands from other people. You only have so many plants and there's a limited amount of water that you get to choose that which you're going to refresh it with. It is a struggle season, but it's a significant season because sometimes God can only do a lasting work when he's all that we have left. I want you to hear this. Your wilderness, your wilderness is a place of preparation, not permanence. And the longer you keep trying to work in your own ability to get through the desert journey, normally the longer you're going to stay there. The quicker you can realize is that God can use this for something greater and then get to work on the stuff that will refresh your soul or bring you closer to him the quicker I believe you can get through what you are facing. And good news, if you've been in a dry season for a while, the longer the delay, usually the greater the destiny. The longer you have to journey through it, usually the greater work that he galvanizes on the inside of you. God meets with us in our dilemmas. He meets with us in our desert. God even brought Jesus by the Holy Spirit into the wilderness, not so that he could punish him, but so he could give him lasting victory over his enemy. And when we start to change our viewpoint of dry seasons or desert or desolate places of our heart and soul, not as just something to suffer, but for some place for us to secure a lasting victory. When we change our perspective, we can get our passion for us for progress, even in a moment where you feel worn out or depleted. My question for you today is what has God allowed you to walk through so that he can do something greater? Or how about this, what needs to die in your desert? What sort of pride or self-fulfillment or even a relationship dependency that God actually wants to bring to an end or to rewire or rework what sort of things in your life have been fruitful but they don't produce anymore that God actually wants to strip away so he can give you fruit that remains, a heart that is strong and faithful even through difficult situations. See, the desert life is actually a great place. It is actually fertile ground for spiritual transformation. Dry seasons are actually great places for renewal, resurrection, and personal revival. God wants to reveal more in destination in your life when you feel stuck in a situation that you can't get through. Destinies are formed in desert times. I love this desert promise 
in Hosea chapter 2, this prophetic word about what God wanted to do for his people. Because sometimes the desert is the best way for God to get your attention. It says this, but then God says, I will win her, her being Israel, her being his people. We can just hear in our new covenant life to say he's speaking to us as one of his children, as a son and daughter of God. I will win her back once again. I will lead her into the desert and speak tenderly to her there. So part of him winning us back is having us walk through seasons where all we can hear is his voice. I will return her vineyards to her and transform the valley of trouble into a gateway of hope. She will give herself to me there. In other words, we're going to get reconnected in that place as she did long ago when she was young, when I freed her from her captivity in Egypt. How many had more joy for Jesus when you first got saved than you do right now? Can I tell you, you might be in a spiritual dry place because God wants actually not just to take you back to where you were, but to take you on to where you are called. And many times he'll take us through a season of struggle so that he can grab a hold of our attention and he could change us with new intimacy and relational connectivity to him. When that day comes, says the Lord, you will call me my husband instead of my master. I love this. A covenant connection in a place of isolation. You get to know him, not as God as a distance, but the God that cares about you, even in the midst of the struggles of your soul. I'm going to remove all weapons of war from the land, the swords and the bows, so that you can then live unafraid in peace and safety. I will make you my wife forever, showing you righteousness and, and justice, unfailing love and compassion. I will be faithful to you, and I'm going to make you mine, and you will finally know me as Lord. He says, in that day, I will answer. The clouds have needed rain, and the earth needs water, and I will bring all of that in time. The earth will answer with thirsty cries at the grain and grapevines and olive trees. In other words, I'm bringing brand new fruit and a brand new harvest, even in the hard places. And people's response will be, God planted this. This wasn't my own plan. This was my own giftedness. This was my own ability. This wasn't just from the family of origin or my heritage I grew up in. No, this is something that God planted. And so just maybe I needed a moment of barrenness so I could have the bounty of his blessing that is only found when he's the one who plants and he's the one that waters my soul. God wants to plant something new in the soil of your surrendered soul. And just maybe he has to kill off some of the lesser fruit that's been stealing from the vine. What am I supposed to do in the desert season? What am I supposed to do in a dry season? I think the first thing you did was keep leaning in. You're here today. You're listening today. You're watching today because you want more of God and his destiny. I think that's a great starting point. But there are some desert decisions we need to make in hard times. And my first one would be this, to not just go through the habits of how you've been doing life or even how you've been handling your spiritual relationship with God, but that you would prepare your heart to actually hear from God himself. Not from me preaching to you or not just from a, a, a motivational, inspirational pastor on a podcast, but that you would learn to hear from the living presence of God for yourself. Because I can give you encouragement and I can give you a pep talk 
And sometimes it's all you need just to make it another day. But to make it into your destiny, you've got to hear from God for yourself. And it's time for God. To, God is wanting this time to mature our church with an ear to heaven to what he is wanting to say to us directly. I've got to prepare my heart to hear so what you see is desolation or despair. God actually has you in a season of isolation so he can speak, speak to you directly. And when you start seeing your dry seasons, it's actually an opportunity for you to have water that is lasting. As Jesus says, out of me will flow rivers of living water that once you drink from this, you will thirst no more. The things that used to satisfy won't because you found your soul satisfaction in me alone. We start to think as your desert season, I'm making a desert decision that I'm going to keep turning my ear to heaven even when I feel like God is distant. That is when you're about ready to have a God encounter that could change the very course of your life. Not meet God at a distance, but meet God up close and personal in a way he can only show you in the wilderness. Painful places prepare us for personal encounters. Struggle seasons set us apart for moments of intimacy that we cannot find if everything was just going the way it's been going. I think about the story in Genesis 16 where God speaks to Hagar in the middle of her wilderness journey. She'd been abused in a relationship, even under spiritual people. Sarah and Abram, Abraham, and she goes out to just try to get away from her pain. And God met her in that place, revealed, spoke to her. According to scripture, we believe it's the one time he spoke to her directly through an angel. And then she says, wow, God, you are El Roy. I love that God's name was El Roy in that moment personally, but you are the God that sees me. I've heard a lot of people talk about you and I've tried my best to follow you. Uh, but I, I haven't known that your eye has been attentive towards me. And I only discovered that I have your attention and affection in the place of isolation. In Isaiah 40, verse 3, it says, A thunderous voice cries out in the wilderness. There's some things you can only hear in the desert. Prepare the way for Messiah's arrival. Make a highway straight through the desert for our God. Every valley in your life will be raised up. Every mountain or barrier that's been holding you back will be brought low. The rugged terrain, how many know, the ragged, jagged edges of your life will become a plain or smooth. The rough places will be worked out. God does refinement in the wilderness. The Messiah's radiant glory will be unveiled. And all of humanity will experience it together. Believe it, for God has spoken his decree. God is not just on the other side of your dry season waiting for you to make it to his living water. He is in your future, but he is also right here and present. He's more close than you know, even when he feels distance. And he is coming to meet with you, even in the middle of what feels like misery or depletion. And Psalms 145 says, you draw near to those that call out to you. God, you're listening closely. I think a desert decision that we all need to make is not only we're preparing our hearts to hear from God for ourselves about what we are walking through, about getting a new intimacy with him, but you've got to decide I'm going to praise him even when I'm not prospering. I'm going to bless him even when I don't have a bounty or a breakthrough in my life. Let, the, let praise be the sound of your desert experience. 
There are no shortcuts through the wilderness, but there is a soundtrack. It is your worship and your praise. This is a big boy, big girl faith. This is what I will call mature worship of God. When I don't feel it, but I give it to him anyway. Anybody can praise when they play that one song that you love. Anyone can praise in a room filled with people that are singing the same song. But if you want maturing faith, world-changing faith, destiny-defining faith, you learn to praise him in isolation and even in insecurity. When you can pour out what little you have left when you are dry and weary, get ready. That's the kind of desert decision that when you make, destiny is formed and your life is forever changed. I'm going to keep talking to him, praise, even when I haven't heard his voice. And just maybe God isn't talking right now because he's listening. He's wanting to hear your heart. We've been living off what we've gotten from his word, but he wants to know because God is in relationship with us. Like he said in Hosea, I'm not calling, you don't call me master anymore. I'm going to be husband. I'm going to be close. How many know infatuation happens in a moment, but intimacy happens over time. Anyone can like somebody by the look of somebody, but it's until you get to know that somebody that they become someone special to you. And God is desiring for you to know who he really is. And the way we do that is we converse and we praise and we worship and we talk and we even complain and let him know what we're actually feeling because faking it is not making it any longer. What you did yesterday might not work for you tomorrow. Let's make the decision now to be people that praise even in the midst of problems and even in the midst of our desert. Desert worship is a mature song where we move beyond our feelings and it really shows the depth of our faith. It says in our story in 1 Kings 19 is that God reveals himself to the prophet through a still small voice. The, the, The ground shakes and the wind blows and there's a fire that rages and it says, God wasn't in that. And then God speaks softly. I'm right here. I'm, I'm whispering to you. I love that because so often we want the big, powerful move of God in our life. But God knows he can do bigger, more powerful, greater, unbelievable things if we learn to hear him in his still small voice. So don't just want the big breakthrough. What you really should desire in dry seasons is to learn his voice and to learn how to give him praise even when it doesn't seem to be working. Every time I dig into his presence, when he doesn't feel present in dry times, it is not futile. You are actually farming for the future harvest of the greater things God wants to do. I love the story in 2 Kings chapter 3. That God's people are on the move to fight a battle to secure victory and peace for God's people. But they've come to a dry and weary place and they're all out of water. And it says, God's word comes to them and says, I need you to dig ditches right now over this valley, over this dry place. And here's what will happen. You will hear, you won't hear the wind and you won't see the rain, but this valley is going to fill up with water And your army and your animals will drink their fill. In other words, I will satisfy you in this dry place with a supernatural water arrival so that you can win the victory and secure the peace. I love that because he says it's not going to happen like you think it's going to happen. 
The breakthrough isn't going to happen the way it's come for. The rain is not going to fall like you've seen it before. I want to reveal my power in you, to you in a brand new way. So I need you to dig even in dry times. I need you to praise even in problems. I need you to worship even in the midst of your worry. I need you to glorify me even if you don't feel me or sense me in this moment. What do these ditches look like? I think it's having daily faithfulness to keep digging even in dry times. Even when I don't feel it, I'm going to be faithful. We learn through a great wilderness desert story, the Exodus story, God taking his people out of the, uh, out of the slavery in Egypt and into the promised place. God took them to the wilderness and he took them the long way on purpose because he could get them to the promised land in a moment and in a miracle. And he did a miracle to secure them walking through the waters. And he did a miracle every single day of bringing manna from heaven. But he was trying to teach them reliance on him and get the slavery out of them even though they had been delivered from slavery. Get the old out of them so they could occupy the promised place because the desert, the wilderness was not their destination. He had greater destiny in store for them. And God met with them and blessed them every day with manna from heaven, the supernatural bread. To me, digging ditches is a, uh, a decision to praise even in the midst of my problems. It's a, it's a decision to pour out even when I feel empty. I'm frustrated. I'm still going to be faithful. I think it's also you choosing to go get your daily bread that God has already provided for you every single day. That he's given you just enough to strengthen and secure you for that day so that he can do what he's always wanted to do in your life. Daily habits to me are so important in dry seasons because to me that's digging the ditches so that God can water you with a lasting refreshment of the heart and soul. Daily disciplines are normally the last thing we want to do when we're weary, worn out, or running on empty. That means I'm going to get up and I'm going to praise God. I'm going to get up and I'm going to get in the word. I'm going to sing some songs to him in the shower, in the car, even in the midst of chaos in my life. I'm going to just glorify him. I'm going to actually dig into God's word and grab a hold of something that, that maybe, maybe it doesn't jump off the page, but I'm going to anchor myself to that promise. Nonetheless, I'm going to keep digging into that daily bread. These daily disciplines will define your destiny, even in dry places. I'm going to start planting seeds now for spiritual growth. Daily disciplines prepare you for tomorrow's rain because he might not water you like he has done before. He might need you to dig a little bit daily to give you a lasting refreshment of your heart and your soul. Here's the challenge is that we want to do one prayer, one praise, one promise, and we've got to make way through the desert. But there's something he can only do as you journey through with him for the long haul. I would encourage you, one of the desert decisions you're going to need to make is not to walk too quickly through the wilderness. As we've been unearthing problems in our heart, in our soul, as we've been talking about boundaries with people and how to mend broken relationships and anxiety and depression and your soul struggles, we are such a quick fix people. Americans more than anybody else on the planet. We want it now. And yet God right now wants to do something new. And that's why he takes us through a journey that might last a while. But do not rush your wilderness journey. 
Sometimes you gotta even slow your walk because what got you here before was maybe you trying to fix the problems yourself instead of meeting with your promise, the promised one, your problem solver. Don't walk too quickly through the wilderness because we want happiness, but God wants to give us joy. God also wants to give us happiness. He's such a good God, but not in replacement of a lasting joy. We want a solved problem. God wants a lasting solution. We want help for the issue right here, right now. God wants to heal us and strengthen us. We want our plan. God's got a higher way, a better way. We want peace from a problem situation. God wants to give you a peace that surpasses all understanding, something that is lasting. So don't rush your way through the wilderness. Find him in that place. Keep digging in that place. And he will bring the rain. He will bring the refreshment because the desert is not your destination. Isaiah 43, well-known passage, says, behold. In other words, can you see it? Can you grab a hold of it? Can you get the vision? I'm doing a new thing. Well, we all love that verse at the beginning of the year. I'm doing a new thing. Now it springs forth. Can you not perceive it? I'm going to make a way in the wilderness and I'm going to, I'm going to bring rivers into your desert. I would just say this, because I have been great at teaching, preaching, proclaiming quick fix solutions. When it comes to deep fractures of your heart and your soul, deep dry seasons, I do believe in a moment, behold, God can do what only he can do. We're going to pray at the end of this message in just a few moments. I believe God from heaven himself is going to speak to your heart. He's going to give you hope. He's going to lift off burdens. I believe he wants to do that and can do that. But sometimes he doesn't bring the instantaneous breakthrough or the rushing river immediately. It's because he's trying to lead you on something that will lead you to a satisfaction of your soul that a temporary solution can never offer. Closeness to him. Complete reliance and trust on him. So I would say, if you can't behold it right now, if you can't see what he's doing, stay in that season. Now, don't isolate yourself from others. Don't stay depressed. No, stay expressing what you need God to do and how you need him to show up. We don't need quick fix. We need lasting solutions and soul satisfaction because this desert is not your destination. Normally, shortcuts will only lead to greater setbacks, and you'll find yourself right back at starting point all over again. I've experienced that in my own life. Anytime I've tried to make it happen in my own ability and solve the problem, instead of settling my soul and listening to what the Holy Spirit is saying, I have made bad decisions. They brought a temporary fix, but frustrated me more in the long run. So you don't need a quick fix to heart and soul. You need a connection to the living water. Whatever it takes, as long as it takes, stay in that place until God reveals, until you can behold it, until you can walk in it. Keep holding on in that place because this desert, God did not bring you this far to leave you here. He did not bring you to the desert to die. Maybe something in you might need to die so that he can resurrect your true calling and purpose. The purpose of heaven for your life is sometimes found in staying in that ground of preparation. Deuteronomy 31 says God is striding ahead of you. I love that. He says he's ahead of you, but then it says he's right there with you. He's not trying to beckon you into your future expeditiously. He's in your future and he's meeting with you in this place. He will not let you down. He won't leave you. Don't be intimidated and don't worry. I think even in the Exodus story, God led them 
day by day with the fire at night and the cloud, pillar of cloud by morning. And we read like the way he took them was a little bit of a zigzag. And some days the, the, the cloud would stay for a while. Some days it would go the very next day. They did not get to, they didn't get a, a plan or a rhythm to the way that God worked. In other words, they couldn't figure it out. They had to rely on his leadership. We often think step one, step two, step three, victory. God sometimes takes us one step over here and we have to stay for a while. And then he has us jump over here a little farther than we're comfortable with and we gotta stay there for a while. But he who planned this from the beginning is not just wanting you to get to the finish line, he participates with you in the moment. He doesn't just like lead you at a distance, he leads you in your inside world. So you feel like it's on delay, but God says, no, this is the way I actually form destiny in the desert is teaching you to follow at my rhythm, follow at my flow and understand that hurry never helps. Hurry doesn't heal. You cannot hurry a wound to healing. It takes rest and work. It takes time and attention. And God wants to do a lasting solution in our hearts and our souls he wants to be our healer. We got to let God set the pace. Everyone remember the game um, Oregon Trail? Come on, we live in the city where the Oregon Trail started. And what you got to do is you, you picked your resources and you, and, and you, you picked uh, your team and you set the pace for how quick you wanted to go to get your people from point A, which was Westport, which you know you got to get out of Westport. <laughs> into the promised place and you set the pace of the journey. I don't know about you, but my guys always died of dysentery about four days in. But it was amazing. I read this this week that those on the Oregon Trail that took a day off to honor God, they took a Sabbath day. Not only did they make it faster, but more of them lived. There's just something about hurry that doesn't help. And we are people that want instantaneous results and we want to keep pushing all the time. There's just something in the quiet, in the solitude, the serenity even of the desert season that God leads you in a place where you begin to hear his voice, know his ways, follow his pace and grace for your life. That not only does he get you there quicker than you would have got there in your own ability, but you will survive and even thrive on the inside. Don't be in a hurry, but also don't lag behind. Sometimes God, I love what it says in Romans 2 from the message, God is kind, but he is not soft. In kindness, he grabs us firmly by the hand and leads us to radical life change. You're just wanting a little solution or satisfaction in your soul. God wants to do a radical transformation of your life. And yet... We've been wanting God's hand to work out there. God, solve this situation. God, help me in my career. God, move your hand over this misery in my life. And God says, no, I'm actually going to teach you not just that my hand is powerful out there, but I will hold hands with you as we walk into the new place that I prepared for you from the very beginning. Final thought is in the wilderness, God quenched the thirst, the need of his people in unlikely places. One time it was a rock, and he told Moses to hit the rock with his staff, and water began to flow out. The next time he's like, go back to the rock, and I want you to speak to it. And Moses, he actually failed this test. 
he actually thought, well, people are watching. And last time I liked how you did it. I got to Louisville slugger that thing. And I was like a macho move. And everyone saw the water come out. And I was the leader. And everyone got their satisfaction of the thirst taken care of. And then next time you wanted me to talk to it. You wanted me to humble out. You wanted me to do it a different way. You wanted to be maybe expose my insecurities that I'm not just a strong leader all the time and I've got this face up but you want me to humiliate myself humble myself and talk to the rock I think for many of you you made it through a last season of dryness you toughed it out man I am proud of you and I think God met you there but he might want you to return to the rock and do it a different way I think the rock in which we stand is the cornerstone of Jesus Christ I think the representation of Jesus the Bible says clearly actually it's it's the people of God that sometimes God is going to use others in your healing even in desert places and you might have been able to tough it out before with one action move or faith declaration but as we return to the rock God's looking for a new humility God's looking for a new intimacy in our church. God's looking for transparency in this community that we don't act like we have it all together. That we actually are there to bear each other's burdens like we talked about last week. They're actually there to care for people in seasons of crisis. God might bring you back into this place, but he wants you to do it with a new spirit. And I can tell you this, that if he's asking you to walk in humility and transparency, it's because he's going to do something that's exponentially greater than he did before. This desert is not your end destination. And the truth is, you will find water and God will find you. He will refresh your soul if you do not quit. Let's be the people that praise even in the midst of our problems. Let's be the people with daily habits of dedication unto God, even when it feels dry. Let's keep digging those ditches. Let's be people that learn to follow him at his pace and him decide how long we're going to stay here. Because the longer we're staying, the greater the payoff in the end. Let's be the kind of people that as we come into church and come into community, we let go of our baggage of yesterday or the way that we did it before, and we're walking humbly with God and each other. We're open with each other about our issues, the right people at the right time. We're expressing the needs or the struggles or the situations we're in so that God can secure new water, even out of old wells. Some of you that have had intimacy with the Holy Spirit, and you have not exercised that part of you. You're still living off of yesterday's water. And God wants to baptize you fresh and new with a closeness with him. Like I said before, out of Jesus flows rivers of living water. This Holy Spirit that once you taste of that, you will not run dry. He wants to revitalize and re-engage intimacy with his presence like never before. And let it be said about us like it is in Jeremiah 31 verse 12. Their souls, our souls, our inside world will be like a well-watered garden. Do not do the desert alone. You always have God with you, but we also need each other as well. On the plaza in North, when we stand to our feet, I want to pray. I want to pray for those that are experiencing weariness today, dryness today, desert and wilderness today, and believe that God is going to speak to you 
God will encourage you and God will show you where to dig and what it looks like. God will show you what it means to be honest and open with others. And I do believe in a moment God can do something miraculous. I think one word from God can change your life forever. So let's be willing to cry out and praise him, but also have our ear ready to hear what he wants to say to us. And we do not just want his hand going to work out there. We want to hold hands closely with him in here. That's his desire for you. And I do believe before, baby, you called him master at a distance. Now you're going to call him by your covenant relationship with him to know that he's the God that cares, the God that comes close and the God that will carry you into the future. He's prepared for you. Can I pray for you? Can we just bow our heads and close our eyes, even on the plaza right here? If you're here and you're in a weary season, a dry season, a discouraged season, you feel like you're lost in the wilderness and that which used to satisfy doesn't anymore. Can you have the humility just to raise your hand and say, hey, God, that's me. God, I need you to show up. Hands are going up all over. Come on, you have another moment to tell the truth. Don't ever miss an opportunity for God's blessing because you had a barrier called pride. Let's admit it. We all have had dry seasons. And if you're in one now, you're about ready to come through it because the desert is not your end destination. Let me pray for you. Father God, I thank you for every heart that just lifted a hand to heaven and said, I need you now. I am at my very end. I am worn out. I am weary. I am discouraged. God, you can handle our truth. You already know it anyway. And yet in this relationship, you want us to come in humility and really express what's on our heart. For those that feel that God is distant, Heavenly Father, would you show up in an intimate and close way? Would you be their ever-present help in time of need? Those that have just had the heat of life just burn off all the joy, all the peace, and all they can experience right now feels like problems. Their, their future seems futile in this moment. God, I thank you right now that you're going to bring a living water to them that satisfies the thirstiest places of their heart and their soul like only you can. Lord, I thank you. We will not have to walk through this desert one more time around the same mountain, but you're going to start giving us step-by-step -step daily decisions that will lead us into the promise places that you prepared for us. Where there's been discouragement, I speak hope in Jesus' name. Where there's been confusion, I speak direction in Jesus' name. Where there's been heartache, I speak healing in Jesus' name. Where there's been deep hurts and wounds, I thank you that the healer is going to work. God, you did not bring us here to leave us here, but we're leaning and praising you to lead us in to the promised places in the mighty name of Jesus.